Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swarbrick, and this week we're going to be trying something a little bit different. We're going to try and answer once and for all the question of whether the Mito or the Giulietta is the better car. I'm joined this afternoon by David Faithful and Alexander Black, who are respectively the Mito and Giulietta registrars for the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello, thank you. And we're going to start with David, who's going to give us his opening statement on why the Mito is the better car. Well, thank you. Well, firstly, we should start by saying the Mito was conceived and designed by Juan Manuel Diaz, the Argentinian designer who um, who worked for Alfa Romeo. And he also led the team that designed the Giulietta as well. So actually, a lot of the uh, cool features of the Giulietta do originate from the Mito or certainly evolved from the Mito. And they all came from the mind of Manuel Diaz. So you've got the Mito to thank for that. But the Mito, you know, it's, it's smaller, it's lighter. It's got a shorter wheelbase, it's much more agile. In terms of design, it takes a lot of the design cues from the 8C, which is arguably one of the most beautiful cars in the world and certainly um, lusted after by Alfisti. The Mito is fun, it's practical, it's fast, owners love them and, and by owners it's not just in the UK or in Europe. There's a huge community following the Mito around the world including Japan and Australia. As a small car it really stands out. It's, it's unique amongst a crowd of fairly tedious family hatchbacks so yeah, the Mito is a cool car. Okay, thank you David. Alexander, do you want to make the case for the Giulietta? I shall indeed. So with the Giulietta, it's every guy's, it's a hot hatch. It's not the most expensive hot hatch. It's not the most powerful. It's not the fastest hot hatch, but it's easily the best looking. And as Dave said, it's an evolution of the Mito. And evolution is always better. Always better. Look at, you've got the monkey to the man. It's always better. <laughs> you've got so much more defined design cues and, uh, and nice shinier bits and bobs all over the car, which is great to have. And it's a lot more practical than the Mito because you've got back doors, which is, if you count the five doors, I think that's two more than the Mito. A lot of extra weight, isn't it? But carry on. It's a lot, it's a lot of extra weight, but. Uh, but the practicalities there you can do literally everything with it it's brilliant for day-to-day use it's got a bit of poke so you can have some fun in it in most of the engine guises you can have a bit of fun in it and it's just a brilliant little car okay so let's pick up on some of those points we'll start with style and we'll stay with you Alexander, for the moment, you've talked about the evolution of the design. So what is it about the the Giulietta's evolved design that you think uh, makes it more stylish than the Mito? I'm going to start at the back from the beginning. I'm going to start with the, those beautiful sort of snail design rear lights, the recessed LEDs as they go round. It just, it just looks beautiful. And I am jealous of everybody on the road that's not a Giulietta owner because they get to follow that and I don't. And it's terribly, terribly sad. And then you've got at the back again, and this is a thing I absolutely adore, the rear fog lights, there's two, and they're symmetrical. And it's amazing, it's just brilliant, it just looks fantastic. Keeping with the light theme, you've got the front lights as well, with the four LEDs, which just, it doesn't look as amazing as, say, the 159 or the 939 style front lights, those three bulbs, glasses, which look brilliant. But it's, it's beautiful, and it's better than the little pokey two bulbs that are in the uh, in the Mito, which I admit probably are cheaper to replace. But it just looks more evolved, more refined, more grown up, which I absolutely adore. And then we'll get inside the car. And I think the, the standard seats on the on the newer QVs with, with the metal at the back, yeah, it's plastic actually, but the plastic at the back with the Giulietta naming on the back and pointing to it, you can't see it, uh, which look great as well. And you've got the clearer, bigger dials in front of the driver so you can actually see what speed you're going without your glasses on and you can see how much fuel you've got left without your glasses on which is brilliant and then i think this keeps with style you've got 60 40 split rear seats 
with a ski flat, which is great if you're a skier or you've got children and you want to put a bicycle in the back. I'm not sure that was style so much as practicality, which we'll come on to in a minute. But David, how do you respond to, to Alexander's powerful arguments there? <clears throat> I didn't pick up on any powerful arguments, but, but I mean, in truth, just like your back doors, um, you know, two fog lights on the rear, it's just excessive weight. They haven't given any thought to the performance of the car. However, I mean, the Mito, the design emanates a lot from the 8C. If you look at the bonnet lines, the flared wheel arches, the line of the windows, frameless doors is a beautiful thing. The circular LED rear lights. I quite like the Giulietta lights. I have to say, I have followed a Giulietta in the dark. I, I was underwhelmed by the the multitude of fog lights to be honest but the the rear lights are nice you know the lines of the mito are from a time where the design was driven not by practicality but by design uh, and with a love and, and an eye on the history and the heritage of Alfa Romeo um, through to the interior curves of the carbon dash. There was lots of opportunities with the Mito which were taken by the design teams. They didn't worry about, you know, having to de design in back doors because it was un unnecessary. It wouldn't have added anything to the, the style of the of the Mito as a vehicle and you know options to specify different colored dashboards different colored seats different light surrounds you know these were these were innovations way ahead of its time before any other manufacturer let you did that so yeah the Mito in in style and design terms was a real trendsetter and it, it really innovated in ways that other FCA cars and other manufacturers and the Giulietta later tried to imitate so there's always a trade-off you talked a lot there about there being no compromise on the style so how does that translate into practical well, you know, I mean, the Mito is a practical car. You're almost certainly alluding to the lack of rear doors, but you know, I'm nearly six foot two and I can be immensely comfortable driving a Mito. The limitation, I guess, is getting people in and out the back and the, the space in the rear. So I think, you know, Mito owners tend to be younger and cooler. And if they've got kids, they're generally younger kids or they're single and hip and trendy, uh, in which case you're not worried about, you know, having the, uh, the family hatchback. So, you know, the Mito can be practical. It's got, I think, 270 litres of boot space. I know and I've seen golf clubs in the boot of a Mito. I've seen a giant dog in the boot of a Mito and I've seen a sofa in a Mito. I've personally travelled Heathrow with two weeks worth of luggage and it all fitted fine for the whole family. So, you know, practicality is uh, drastically overrated, to be honest. If you've got style and design and performance and some economy and fun and nostalgia and heritage and, and cool, and I don't think you're too worried about practicality, but that's not to say the Mito isn't a practical car. It is, and it can be. I, I think I've seen 58 people squashed into a Mini, but I'm not sure I'd want to try it. Alexander, what's your response in terms of the practicality of the Giulietta? You mentioned the lack of rear doors and getting passengers out and things. Now, I've done some maths here, and I've got here that a UK parking bay is recommended to be 2.4 meters wide. Now I've been out with my tape measure and I've measured the doors on the Giulietta and the Mito and the length. And on the Giulietta, with the doors out and open, it is 2.89 meters wide. So yeah, bit of a squeeze, but you can get all four of your passengers out comfortably, or five if you've got three in the back, which you can't get in a Mito unless you've got the optional middle seat. With a Mito, to have the doors open, uh, I've got 3.08 metres, which is a significant amount bigger than the 2.4. It's almost 60 centimetres bigger. Imagine the squeeze of that 60 centimetres if you're a giant frame man trying to get out of the back of the Mito. You'd have to have no legs or arms to be able to actually squeeze out of the back of the car. So the back doors are really helpful if you've got friends. And uh, as you've said, the size of your, your boot capacity, in the, uh, in the Giulietta, you've got 350 litres, which is either a lot of Coca-Cola 
or a lot of luggage and two weeks worth of luggage in the back of a Julietta, you'd have plenty of room to fit the sofa and the dog as well. It'd be great. What a brilliant holiday that'd be. You could take your own sofa, your dog and your two weeks worth of luggage. I mean, you mentioned the width with doors in a standard parking bay, but you've ignored the fact that the Julietta's already 179 centimetres wide and the Mito's only 172 centimetres wide. So you've yeah, I think you've you've destroyed your own argument there. So, so you're you're saying that you could get into a smaller space, you just wouldn't be able to get out of the car once you're well, in there. Well, getting in and out, ingress and egress is overrated. When you've got a car with that level of cool, you know you can look a bit daft at Sainsbury's. It's not a problem. As a nine three nine spider owner, which I think must be about five meters wide when the doors are fully open, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one well alone. Okay, so that's enough about practicality. Alexander, what about performance? Make the case for the Julietta as a, as a hot hatch. So as a hot hatch, as I've mentioned before, it's not the fastest hot hatch. It's not the most powerful hot hatch. But with that top spec 1750 uh, engine, you've got 250, uh, 240 brake horsepower and 251 pounds-feet of torque which give you a 0-60 time of 6.6 seconds, which I think is almost a year quicker than the Mito 170. David, how do you respond to that, apart from well, the obvious? The uh, use of maths, <laughs> you mean. So, I mean, look, the reality is the Mito never came with the 1750 TBI, which is an enormous shame. They did do the GTA uh, proof of concept, fabulous car, putting that 1750 in a Mito but it never made it to production. So it's unfair to compare apples with oranges. You know, the Mito has a 1.4, it has 170 brake horsepower, 0 to 60 and 7.1. The key things though with the Mito is it's got a shorter wheelbase. It's 200 kilos lighter than the lightest Julietta. It's faster around the bends. It handles like it's on rails. It's hugely tunable. And, and we've demonstrated, you know, we've, we've run the only Mito multi-air in the Alfa Romeo Championship, and it is a high-performance car. So, you know, <clears throat> I think, yeah, of course, if you compare the 1750 to the 170 uh, brake horsepower 1.4 meter, that's a bit harsh. I think if you compare the 170 Julietta 1.4 to the 170 Mito 1.4, then we'd have a different story. And of course, the Mito would leave you quite some distance behind in a sprint. I don't think it would be a calendar year, but it, it, it would be, you know, at several yards. And certainly around a track, you put a, a 170 Mito against a 170 Julietta and the Julietta wouldn't stand a chance. With 200 kilos lighter, would be better on the short and, and, uh, and um, windy bits and you know there's just no comparison in terms of performance and and i think you know comparing the 1750 um is a bit harsh but i'm quite sure if they had gone to production with a 1750 meter we would uh, destroy the julietta just as we do in the 1.4 class so I, i'm not going to let the the racing comments go without pointing out that the julietta did win several rounds of the world touring car championship as a race car and so it does have some pedigree of its own i would also like to add though having um having been involved in the virtual racing competition, that on the track, certainly in simulation, the 200 kilos advantage of the Mito does seem to mean a lap time for the Mito 170 and the Julietta 1750 TBI that are almost impossible to separate. So it does seem like the, the reduced weight is pretty much balanced by the power on the on the Julietta. So in terms of performance, if, if we're fair and allow the engines that are available, doesn't seem to be much in it. What about running costs, David? Well, it depends how you calculate running costs, doesn't it? So the Mito, whether new or used, um, of course, you can't buy a new one now, but they are cheaper to buy. They simply are. They are cheaper to insure. They just are. There's also the, uh, the twin air option on the Mito, which is um, great for younger 
kids, great for economy, zero tax, ULES compliant and so forth. So, so I think across the Nito range, there's something for everybody, whether it's the 1.3 diesel, 1.6 diesel, 1.4 petrol, normally aspirated or turbo. All of these different engines in all of the Mitos are both tunable and relatively economical to run. And of course, I just think that, you know, the reality is that there's there's a there's a large number of uh, younger, cooler people who buy a Mito. It's their first Alfa Romeo. It's their, it's their introduction to our brand. We're, we're building the future Alfisti. Um, we're keeping the brand alive across Europe and Japan. And, you know, actually, we're creating a, a Mito movement, a kind of a resistance against the mundane. And, and so, yes, running costs are important. And the Mito comes with all of that, but it, but it comes with so much more as well. Okay, Alexander, it's a, it's a bigger car. It's a more expensive car. What's the, the running cost case for the Giulietta? So my figures here are based on the, uh, the 1750 model. And I'm going on costs again. Tax mine's £240. Tax a year. However, we're mentioning different engines. The uh, 170 horsepower multi-air 1.4 is 30 pounds road tax, which is it's a bargain if it's if somebody that's something that uh, gets you gets you up. And insurance group 33A, which is pretty good. And the book quotes 40.4 combined miles per gallon fuel consumption. I'm yet to meet anybody who's ever done that, but that's what the book says. So that's what I'm going with. I've also done a little calculation here on uh, on tires just to get an average cost of what we're we're looking at. If you need to look after and maintain the Giulietta in that way. So I've gone on my um, set, my preferred tire, the Pirelli P7, and I can get a set of four 18-inch P7s for £375. And with your 100% cash back, if you get it from the Pirelli Performance Centre for being an AROC member, your net cost of those tires then is 275 quid, which I think is pretty reasonable, pretty good for a set of four tires. I've also gone on some costs like uh, Dave's done, saying you can get uh, different costs for different Mitos. You can get a quite a high mileage, but quite well looked after and well loved Julietta for as little as £3,000 and you can go right up the tree and you can get a brand new uh, not, well, not a brand a newish 1750 for around the thirteen to £14,000 which for a hot hatch of its class is actually pretty respectable cost wise Okay uh, now I know because I'm one of them that podcast listeners are a pedantic lot so I'm just going to pick you up on the fact that there's no such thing as road tax I think you meant vehicle excise duty That, that one <laughs> um, But we knew what you meant So running costs Sorry, sorry. Are, are there any Juliettas with zero road tax, do you know? I don't believe so. Oh, that's a shame. Well, it, technically, shame. they've all got zero road tax, because as I just said... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so running costs, reasonable, um, but probably somewhere ahead of the meter. Um, what about modifying? You know, the, the modifying community is is a significant element of the, the younger age group. Make the modified case for the Julieta, Alexander. There's loads of stuff you can do to modify a car. And I always know when somebody suggests uh, in one of the groups or on the forum, I've just bought a Julieta, what can I do to it? And the first comment is always a remap. So I've been on the internet and I've got yet more figures. I'm like Carol Vorderman today. And I've got... Not so attractive. <laughs> some some predicted uh, figures for a stage one remap now this specific tuning company that i used say on a stage one remap they can up the horsepower to 294 which is an increase of 54 horsepower and up the torque by 35 to 286 which is a nice increase there's also all sorts of little bits of aesthetic things you can do you can change the front grille if you've got an older style one to a newer style one with by drilling a couple of holes and not having to replace the whole front bumper there's some little tasteful bits and bobs like wind deflectors a couple of 
performancey things like front splitters and nice rear diffusers. And then you can go mad and mental and you can get some lower side skirts and some uh, some lowering springs. Uh, you can change your puddle lights, which will look sophisticated as you open them so you can see your puddle. And it's got an Alfa Romeo badge in it. And how good would that be? And then you can do other performancey bits and bobs like intakes and exhaust. And I've seen some absolutely crazy modified Giuliettas. I know one guy took all of the LEDs out of his from the interior and changed them all to green, which looked absolutely spectacular. David, the Mito any good for modding? Yeah, I mean, the Mito, I mean, firstly, the Mito has been around a little bit longer. So the marketplace and the specialists who will tune and modify the Mito is significant uh, across all of Europe and, and very, very uh, popular in Japan as well. So, so everything, everything Alex just said about, you know, the tuning and mapping and, and what have you, that's that's kind of old news in the Mito world. You know, there's, there's no limits with what you can do with the Mito. You can upgrade every aspect of cooling, performance, tuning, body work. I don't think I've seen a Giulietta with gullwing doors, but I've seen couple of mitos that have them i'm not suggesting that's a, that's a, a tasteful thing to do but it, but it can be done um <clears throat> and, and don't forget who wants to modify a family hatchback that doesn't make any sense what people want to modify is a cool two-door car and that, and that leaves the whole of the rear third of the car inside for massive subwoofers and amps so you know i think firstly we're way ahead of the game of the julietta in terms of mods secondly there's a much bigger following of modified mitos whether it's on the diesel engines, which are very tunable, whether it's the um, 1.4 T jet, which, you know, across the whole Arbath and, and Alpha community, we've been tuning them for donkey's years. And even the multi-air, you know, we've got multi-air specialists, our, our race car in the championship is multi-air and, and, and specifically tuned for the purpose. So, yeah, I don't think that Julietta's got anything on us Mito's, to be honest, in terms of modifiers. And I also, you know, without being rude, the average Mito owner's age is probably more aligned to someone who modifies cars than the average age of a five-door family hatchback owner to be honest given that i fitted a carbon front splitter to my julietta and 19 inch wheels and upgraded brakes and had a 300 horsepower remap i guess i'm either the exception that proves that rule or it's not really a rule at all well i've modified mine recently i've put some wind deflectors on yeah i think you may have just made david's point for him there <laughs> and to be fair, you know, wind deflectors, you need a, a window frame for that. So that, that's very old school, that is. Whereas the meter, of course, has uh, frameless doors, so um, much cooler. I, I think one of the things that has come out of today is that I, I think David might not be there yet, but I figured out why you would put gold wing doors on a meter. It's so that once you've driven into that parking space, you can actually get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that. I have to confess, though, having being older and more portly, Having got in and out of an Alpha 4C, I, I think that some sort of lifting gear might be in order if I had the gullwing doors or a 4C. So, yeah, so it's a good point. But. So having established that most Mito owners think everything is wrong with their Mito and, and want to change absolutely everything about it, what about the cool factor? Why would you rather be seen in a Mito than a Giulietta, standard or modified? Well, look, the styling of the Mito is just cool, you know. And I get, you know, people see the Mito, it's the small car or or it's a baby Alpha and what have you. If you actually stop and look at the design and the lines of a meter it is has an awful lot of thought and a lot of love has gone into the design of that i'll tell you what else is cool is there's an awful lot of women driving mitos as well and we all know women have a much better sense of cool than men do so you know i think if women love the meter then it absolutely must be cool but the the key thing for me and i know 
this has become the battle of the number of doors. But, you know, the, the, you think about some of the best cars this country has seen and that have been produced in the world. You've got cars like 205 GTI, like the Fiat 127, one of my all-time best cars I've ever owned. The MGB, Porsche 924, even in Alpha, you've got the 147 GTA, the GTV6, the Montreal. These are all got two doors. These are not four-door family hatchbacks. So everything that's cool and everything that's got heritage and everything that people love about Alfa Romeo has two doors. And the Mito has that. I really don't think the 127 didn't have rear doors because they weren't cool. <laughs> it was it was more because there's absolutely nothing aft of the B-pillar. Alex, uh, Uma Thurman aside, why, why is the Julietta the cooler car? Well, would you rather be seen as somebody practical, of class and elegance, because they're driving a nice five-door practical car, which looks absolutely stunning. We've already discussed the lights on the front and rear, which look excellent. But have you ever been under one of those, I think that like the High Cross Shopping Centre in Leicester is one of the best places for this, if you ever drive by. There's a lovely glass front of where they've done a cinema. And if you drive under that in your Julietta, because it's sort of waved and, and all nice, you can see a Julietta about four or five times in this glass reflection. And I can't think of anything better to look at as I go through there. Apart from obviously the road in front of me so I don't crash. And I think the style's a key thing. Practicality of, of of course, everybody needs to be practical. Can you imagine going to a top-level meeting with two colleagues in the rear and two in the front in the Julietta? You pull into your space, which is 2.4 metres wide, and all of you can get out quite easily. Whereas in your meter, you've got to squeeze the doors open and try and climb out of the back like it's giving birth. And I think there's nothing cooler than people getting out of a car comfortably with, with flair as opposed to a sort of ugly squeeze out of the back. We're coming... To the point where we're going to have to make our closing arguments. But just before we do that, and, and just for some balance, Alex, would you like to give us one thing you dislike about the Julietta and, and that you would change if you could? No, I'm going to go with something that every car magazine says about most Alfa Romeos, and that's the infotainment system. It's not the most user-friendly. It's not the most updatable. I know my uh, 2015 Julietta QV, that doesn't know one of the roads that I drive on to work every day, so it thinks I'm in a field which isn't great. And I think to change that as well, you have to have pretty much a whole new dash fascia, which isn't the funniest and most easiest of jobs to do. So I think if they made it more easily upgradable, more easily changeable, or give it a system like um, Android Auto or Apple CarPlay, which would be great. But I know obviously they weren't things at the time, but if they gave the option to be able to upgrade it to some head unit like that, and they've done this on the new 2019 model, but it's a pioneer unit, which doesn't look normal in the car because the face doesn't fit round it as it should do. And it doesn't look as flush and, and as beautiful. But if they'd have made it more easy to use, easy to upgrade and, and more friendly with a nicer picture and a nicer voice as well. Because I don't know if you ever listened to the German lady, sound like a German lady in the Julietta sat-nav. She's very angry all the time. She can be very polite, though. She does occasionally say, please. And I've never quite worked out what it is that triggers her to say, please. 99% of the time, she tells you in a very Germanic way to turn left. And then occasionally, she'll just say, turn left, please. And you think, where did that come from? Um, you do know you can get a map hack if you go on the uh, on Alfarona. There's a guy who's hacked the latest versions of the maps. And once a quarter, he provides a download that you can stick on a USB stick and upgrade the maps. But that's the thing, vanilla people who just care about the practicality of their car, that's something they, they wouldn't want to do. They don't want to waste the time. They're too busy putting things in and out of the boot. I wasn't going to leave that in the, the podcast, but I might now. <laughs> David, anything you would change? But I mean, obviously, we know from the modification conversation that everybody wants to change everything about the Mito. But is there anything that you'd change about 
all Mito's. Truthfully, the only thing, and Mito owners across the world will hate me for saying this, so I apologise in advance. The only thing that I've never quite um, got to grips with is the name. I think, um, you know, the Mito was an all new car and it had an all new name and they ran this competition to choose the name and then they ignored the results of the competition. Now, I'm kind of delighted they did because the, the winning name was Furiosa and I'm not sure that's a great name, but um, I get that they've called it Mito, a new name for a new car, but if they just stuck with the original name of Junior, that would be a nice link to some Alpha Heritage there. I think, you know, the Giulietta, for all of its flaws, and it does have a, an enormous number, um, at least the name does have some historic Alfa Romeo relevance. And, and Mito, you know, you get used to it and you grow to love the name, but there's no link to the past. And I think if they perhaps stuck with the name Junior, that would have given us some nice bit of Alpha heritage in the name. Although it could have been worse than Furiosa. It could have been Alpha <laughs> McAlpha face, given that it yes, was a public true. competition. So we started uh, with David's opening statement. So I'm going to go to, to Alexander for closing arguments. Um, I'm not going to give you 30 seconds or less to make your case, but keep it concise. Why is the Giulietta the better car? Well, I think everything we've discussed today just clearly points out that the Giulietta is the better car. We've discussed style. Those rear lights are a clear evolution. Those front lights just look fantastic. We've gone on practicality. The back doors, the bigger root space. And another good thing about the back doors is if you've got a passenger that you don't like very much and you're giving them a lift, you can have a very good laugh at them trying to find the door handles for at least 10 minutes. And it's brilliant. We've gone on performance. You can get a bigger engine in the Giulietta. You shorten order 60 time. Yes, it's a bit heavier, but uh, big is always better, isn't it? Always better. We've looked at running costs. It is a little bit more expensive to buy. It's a bit more expensive to run. But you're willing to pay that for the extra bigger, better, so on and so forth. It's easy to modify, as we've said. And it's just so, so cool. It's brilliant. There's nothing wrong with a Julia at all. Apart from the infotainment system. Apart from that. Okay. David. Fine. Let's ignore that it's 200 kilos lighter. It's more agile, shorter length, shorter wheelbase. Most of the engines are the same in the Giulietta anyway. But the cool thing is it only has two doors, and that's in the true spirit of all the best Alfa Romeos that came before. And my first Alfa Romeo was an Alfa Sud Sprint Green Cloverleaf, and that had two doors, and that you had to clamber in and out the back of. And that was the most joyous, beautiful masterpiece uh, of engineering and design that I've ever had. Um, and my Sud now that I use at weekends, that's got two doors and you have to clamber in the back. But I don't care because that's how an Alfa Romeo should be. You also, uh, obviously on the meter, you had the option of carbon fibre Sarbelt seats. So that, so that gave an indication of how special the Mito was to Alfa Romeo. We're racing in the Alfa Championship in the UK. Um, never seen a Giulietta in there. Probably won't anyway. Uh, the key thing is, you know, for me, the one deciding factor is that the Mito was chosen by Sergio Marchioni. And, and there were dozens and dozens of designs submitted for the Junior project, which became the Mito. But it was, it was this Mito that was chosen by, by Marchioni. And the Mito exists because Marchioni chose it. He loved the Mito. And so for me, that great man chose this car. And that's why it's the best car. We will see a Giulietta in the Alpha Championship this year. Well, it won't have a proper engine, though, will it? I think it, it depends <laughs> on to find proper engine, given your praise for the 8C at the beginning of the, the podcast, given that it is, in fact, an 8C with a Julietta body on the top. Has it got back doors? Um, 
Has it got rear doors? Okay. Uh, I think yeah. they might be welded shut. For weight, you see. You've got to reduce the weight. Excessive. So I have to make a decision. Uh, and I, I think I'm probably going to upset both of you with my decision. Um, if I can summarise, David, you've the case you built for the Mito is largely that you get less of it and that people want to change all of it, and they can. Although, Alexander, I'm not entirely convinced by either the, the twin rear fog lights or, or the hidden door handles, although I do love the hidden door handles. I'm not sure they, in, in and of itself, make it a better car. I, I think it comes down to the age of the prospective buyer. I think if you're under 25 for insurance and other reasons, having a car that's easier to handle and easier to park, I think the Mito makes a huge amount of sense. Having tried to get a small baby out of a modern car seat from the back of a, a contemporary Fiat 500, I know just how almost impossible it is to get a baby in and out of a three-door car of any sort. So I, I don't buy your argument that it's okay for smaller families, David. I think once you have a family, I think it becomes almost impossible to to live with a Mito. So I think if you're over 25, the Giulietta is is probably the better car. I think if you're under 25, it's probably the Mito. And and people's cutoff point will vary by a year or two or 25 in your case. But I think they're both fantastic cars. They're both true alphas in the spirit of small performance cars that are beautiful to look at. So I think I think the winners are both of them. And I will take the moral victory there because my age range is bigger. Your age range is bigger. Oh, I see the the Julietta's age range is bigger. And as we've already discussed, bigger is better. And I'll and I'll take the actual victory on the basis that everyone who's anyone who's cool is an Amito, not a Julietta. So I think that's fair enough. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed what I thought was a, a frank and honest debate. Although I should probably add, given that David Faithful's main argument in favour of the Mito was that it didn't have back doors, which are unnecessary, add weight, and have never been found on any of the truly great Alfa Romeos. Since this podcast was recorded, David, who remains a Mito owner, um, has also acquired a Giulio Veloce, which the last time I looked had rear doors. Episode 14, which will be released on Sunday the 13th of September at 1.30, will be a return to our roundtable format where I'll be joined once again by David Faithful and club chairman John Griffiths and a special guest. We'll be previewing Southern Alpha Day, which takes place the following weekend. Tickets for that are now available and you can find details on the club website. And for those of you contemplating buying a new Alfa Romeo, we'll also be looking at the details of the club's new affinity discount scheme with Alfa. Episode 14 will be available at the usual time from the usual places, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and everywhere else that good podcasts are found. So until then, stay safe.